The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax, this is Tofop. Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofop, I'm Will Anderson. And uh, joining me, guest Charlie, returning just guest Charlie. Hasn't been a guest Charlie for a while, so very excited to have him back, uh, Greg Barrett. Hello. Hey man, how are you? You're meant to talk into the microphone. Oh right, right? is that right? Yeah. Oh my God, these are so, I'm so new to this. Yeah, they're um, like, they're do, like you know, see that flat. You don't kind talk of, just to the right side of it? No. Because this is how I started. Right, here. literally. And this is where I am right now. Literally like it was next to your ear. Yeah, yeah. I like, like to. It was I like you're like on the phone. I like to pretend I'm like I'm wearing the McDonald's headset and I'm just like, I'm taking your order. So it's just a thing on the side. It's just coming in on the left. What I like the most about uh, that is it, it you, you know what it kind of had? It just had that like overheard conversation where people would be like, Will's fucked up. <laughs> that's, that, that's all I could hear. People would be like, Will hasn't turned on Greg's microphone. And I was like, no, it's the fact that he's holding it next to his yeah, ear. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I just Like he's one head. of those people in the street who talks on their phone. Like, do you know those people who talk yes. into the speaker? Bit? I do too. Do you? Yeah, because because I find that I can hear people better with the with it on speaker. Oh, okay, yeah, but you do it on speaker. Some people just like like hold it away from oh, their face and their face like this. Yeah, yeah, I like that. that's a. You know what? It, I think it's just a look. Is that I what it is? It's a hot look. Yeah, it's a hot look. Is that is that it's what also, the kids yeah, are it's doing? It's syndicating. It's just indicating. Look, I got. I'm, in a, I'm on some shit right now. Right. This isn't enough anymore. Having it up by your ear, <laughs> holding it in front of your mouth like this is having a super important conversation. You know, I'm surprised at how many people fucking Facetime each other. Oh, so, well, I mean, I guess why, why wouldn't they? Because like, I, there's nothing I don't want to be seeing. I don't want to be, Angelo likes to do that. My, you know, Angelo, the guy who makes our t-shirts. Yes. So Angelo loves to FaceTime. And then I just feel like, what are we doing? Why are we looking at each other? Ah, oh, I don't like it. It's the I, connection's better. And Angelo's fine to look at, but I don't want to, I don't want to see me, see me talk or see me up in the right hand corner. Fuck that. No way. It's not important. I, there was a time in my life where I couldn't stop looking in mirrors. <laughs> And now I just can't, I just want to avoid all of them. <laughs> it's like, I think Greg's a vampire now. Yeah, I don't care. He, for he's the, <laughs> I mean, you couldn't stop him staering in a mirror in the old days. He was like a budgie. Oh, fuck like, it. <laughs> my wife would go, God, find a fucking hobby. <laughs> and then I started a band. She didn't like that either. But the point <laughs> no, like, she, she bought you mirrors for she Christmas was like, we as a hint. Yeah, no, it's like... <laughs> You asked for a guitar, she got you a mirror. She yeah. said, I liked your old hobby yeah, yeah, better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, have you seen the way you look? Please, just at least now once or twice a day. I think, a day. I think the FaceTime thing, and, and this is the, because like in the past, that's one of the things that people got right. You know, video phones. That yeah, we'd right. be able to immediately talk to people and see them. And it seems so futuristic right. right you know people are complaining about the fact that there's no hoverboards you know i went back to the future the 30th anniversary yeah right like, where's the hoverboards yeah this is no good future we've got video phones and we don't even want to use them like you know we've got we, video phones and you just basically say why would you want to use a video phone no That's how one quickly we got used and to you know we technology. never asked for all the cool we, Lord, this thing has become like if i was a, if i when i was a kid you couldn't fathom the idea of thinking about someday you're going to have a rectangle that you look into fuck just looking at a friend you can right. scroll vaginas you can look up 
you can watch you want to watch a film like a movie like right. a fucking movie just Where? do it in your hand bro in, yeah like we didn't even ask for that we didn't even ask for this stuff like we just keep being given stuff it's a it's incredible like this is this thing is fascinating well here's the interesting thing i just updated my iphone because it's been for a while it's wanted to be updated mm-hmm. uh, but i'm a person who fears change when it comes to this modern technology stuff because i can't master the stuff that I, it already has right i just need a moratorium I need like a couple of years where they're like, you know what? There's heaps of cool shit that's been invented. Uh, what we're going to do is not invent any new cool shit that you have to keep up with for a couple of years and you can just get up to date yeah. with the stuff we already right. have. Right. Because I, I like I updated my iPhone and I lost my internet. And I know, now, and like now horrible, I just want to throw my phone away. But here's a, hor- <laughs> here's a horrible reason for doing it, but get, have kids. Right. They'll cut through the bullshit for you. My kids, I literally just hand them my phone and they go, here's the thing you want to have. Put oh, this, okay. get rid of this, get rid of this one. Here you go like that. And then you're like, I need. Go, oh I my need God, this is good like that. Just, they know the right apps. You they, know, my daughters are laughing at Facebook and Twitter. They're like, it's so stupid. Really? It's so for old people. Like, like it, that, that's like Amish for them. That's like it, old school It's male. just ridiculous. Go, they, my, what are they, they on? They, what, they, are, what are the kids they Snapchat on? Snapchat each other. Snapchat. They yeah. leave their little stories on there for each other and they, you know, and then the story goes away in a little while and that kind of thing. I don't, so what's the, like, because here's the thing with Snapchat, like, I heard when it came out, and it was just people sending their dicks to people and stuff. Because it could disappear. Yeah. Their whole thing was built on the premise that your penis will disappear. Right. Not not forgetting the fact that you can take a screenshot. Well, this is that one minute thing. Well, well, that was the thing that people worked out. Like, so there was this moment where everyone was like. I bet within an hour. Right. People are so fucking creepy. They're just like, I'm going to keep this. Right. Yeah. So uh, so that period of it went, and then I was like, oh, well, it's done now. The one purpose that it had was people sending, like, you know, right. those the, the pictures of the genitals that would go away, and now it doesn't do that. So why does that even have a purpose? It, but it seems to have rediscovered a second life. It has, with kids, because they can, amazing, they can make this real quick It's amazing story. how it's quickly like, has something that kids love come out of right. like people sending their cocks to each other. Right. And they'll do things like my daughters are like, my daughters are like, because they, they dance competitively. So sometimes someone will be at a different dance show and go, here's what this group's doing right now. And they'll send over a little thing. And then my girls will go, Oh, okay. We already do that. Blah, blah, blah. And they'll take a picture. Then they'll do a thing. But the story is like this combination of videos, pictures, that kind of thing. And like for them, it's just super fun and it's not real contact and it goes away in an hour. And then my wife has a version of it where she can see everything that true and mighty are doing. So to keep them on the up and up, and they're also really candid. My kids will just hand you their phones. Like uh-huh. They don't have... I mean, there'll be a point where I'll be like, can I see your phone? They'll be like, uh, oh, sh- you know what? The battery's dead. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love to... Yeah, I think it's dead, Dad. I just... gotta, and that's when I'm going to go, okay, just be careful. I, I've actually, I'm actually going to sit them down at one point and go, look, here's, here's something I want to tell you. A little secret from Daddy. Buy a Polaroid camera. Yeah. Take a picture. Uh-huh. Of whatever it is you're going to take pictures of. Sure. Your genitals, say. Uh-huh. Put it in an envelope. By then, it'll probably be something else. Because we'll be so sick of seeing genitals no, by but, then. But, it'll but, probably be up their nose here, or something. But here's the thing. In your anything, ear. Anything you don't whatever want people to know about, yeah. put it in the mail. In the mail. Send it just right to the person you want to <laughs> send it to. You'll have some time to think about it before you do it. They'll have a day to think about it before they receive it. Uh-huh. Now, granted, yes, maybe they could take a picture of your picture and upload it. But fuck, we're all bored at that point. But there's no trail. Right. There's no trail except a stamp. Like people are going to rediscover the mail and then they're going to go, wait a minute. So that box outside of my house, some days I can look in there and stuff will be there. Yes, for you. From another person? Yeah, like a surprise. Fuck, that's so much, so more ele- so much more elegant. I think people are going to rediscover the mail for a whole different reason. They're going to use it 
to keep things secret, to keep things private. Well, I guess that's maybe that is true. That's you. That's you. Kind of, you've got to go back offline again. You've got to 100% get hundred off- percent offline, and and the mail works quick, and the post office will be like game to like get their shit. You want to use the post? Fuck, we'd love it if you use the post office. Well, yeah, they do. They actually like because the post office is going really badly. Yeah, terrible. I mean, this is good for them. Maybe they should get into this. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do we? Right. How do you? What do you, what do you but what do you and I do? Do we get into envelopes? Like, how do we? How do you and I score? Right, do we get in? It? Do yeah? Do, like, can you and I make a? Can we advocate for this and then somehow operate a business? Besides the post office. Right. Like, do we get into pens? Uh-huh. Should you and I sell high-end pens? I mean, maybe it's like stamps. Is it stamps? We could sell stamps. Like, I guess we, we could make stamps. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how to... Your wife would love that, by what? the way. You're out in the garage again. Like, what are you doing now? What's Angela your new... and I are screening stamps. Screening stamps. We're making stamps now. Such a Barrett move. <laughs> Such a classic Barrett move. I've invested you, most of our money in Polaroid. And, in Polaroid. And uh, we're making stamps. We're making stamps. <laughs> But you know how, like, but I was having a conversation with someone about this, the vinyl revival and the, and the idea of it staying around because it, it, they're not buying, it's not music, they're buying um, a behavior, an act. Uh-huh. Uh, like, a, like th- that is the actual act of listening to music. It's a like, ritual. They're buying a ritual, 100%. And I think certain things, typewriters, mail, like I think that stuff will come back as like, here's how I do something if I want to take my time with it and enjoy it. Here's how I do something where I make it feel special because uh, vinyl is special. It's not everything. It's special. People want to feel special. They want to do something that's kind of neat and, you know, and, and record players are special and high end. And I think the same thing will happen with other antiquated things will come back as a way of like taking more time with something. Well, fast food didn't stop people cooking. Like, I mean, the fact that you can go to a restaurant. No, and people cook more than ever. And, and, pr- and probably for the same amount that you're paying if you're making something nice at home, that's you right. could go to a restaurant and get that exact thing made by a professional chef. And, like, so you're not doing it necessarily just because it's – like, you literally sometimes part of the process is the joy, the joy of the process. Well, and then, then it reinforms and suddenly fast food becomes umami and all these other high-end chains that are trying to get you in and out as quickly as possible and then you're paying a little bit more – but you're paying because you like cooking now. Right. Right. You're sophisticated enough to go, fast food doesn't have to be awful. I mean, I think that's what, despite the E. coli, I think that's what Chipotle was built on that idea that they're selling an artisanal burrito. Now, are you across this Chipotle thing? Because I didn't see it, because I'm not a big Chipotle person. Right. Uh, just because, well, I don't really know why, actually, to be honest. It's just never been, yeah, I get you know, it. it's never been my jam. Um, but I, I saw they had some, so what's going on? E. coli. They had some E. coli. Yeah. yeah they've, they've, like they've, they've, everywhere? Like or was it just like it? it had like there were a, random spots where it was popping up, yeah. Uh, and and uh, and uh, and you know they all get their meat and stuff from someplace, but they also they're also trying to they're trying to get meat from you know organic pigs and all you know, they they got rid of their they got rid of for a while they got rid of the um uh, what's the pork carnitas because yeah. they couldn't find the right pork. I mean, well, this is the thing. It's all it's organic. E. coli that they've all got, right? It's look, if you're gonna get E. coli, this right. is the good shit. This is the one. This is the one. Like yeah. this is the one you can feel this isn't E. coli you can feel good about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the guy that you can really yeah. feel good this about. This is not some factory farm E. coli. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's free range. Yeah, free, free range. range. This is a free range E. Yeah. coli. This yeah. is like the this is this is your this is your grandma's E. coli. Right. <laughs> this is the shit that killed off her family like in a weekend. Uh, diseases are coming back. Have you have your kids uh, experienced any of this? I keep reading about you know in in Australia, there's a lot of places where whooping cough and measles and does because people aren't vaccinating their children. Yeah, that, and like it seems to be 
at the moment, the trend seems to be it's in some of the more, you know, people who are actually quite well off. It's not people, you know. No, it's it's idiots that bought the, but it's, yeah, it's people that it's, you know, uh, no, we inoculated the shit. We love modern, we love medicine. I was just saved by medicine. (laughs) Right. So we, I'm, I'm, you know. Uh, so I, did you ever when you were going through that when you when uh, I went through chemo yeah when we, you went through chemo did you ever because you know like the, the famous thing about Steve like Steve Jobs is everyone's like you know he was this guy who you know revolutionized the way that you know technology in the world will be right. forevermore but he also when he got cancer decided that he could eat oranges or whatever and it would go away like he didn't trust technology and modern medicine did you were you always confident that modern medicine was the way to go like yeah. you know yeah you because were, a science, you like, a science evolved out of nature and so you know these people are nobody's trying to fuck you up right you know what i mean they're trying to do the very best that they can to cure cancer it's in everyone's benefit if they do and um my doctor i just liked him it's, and trusted I, I, him. I, I love that by the way because there is always that conspiracy that they already have the cure for cancer and but they make so much money out of the you know you you've heard this right it's the most ridiculous thing of all time because the minute they come up with a cure for cancer they can put whatever price they want on that like you know what I mean? Like you know, even if it costs like fifty thousand dollars a pill or whatever, yeah, people will pay for it because you know they, why? It's the cure for cancer. <laughs> and once they get to it, then how long is it before they figure out a way to inoculate people for cancer if they right. have an understanding of what it is? You know, uh, it was explained really, cl- really, really clearly to me before I signed off. Uh-huh. Uh, this drug kills fast-growing cells. Cancer is a fast-growing cell. It will also kill your hair and anything else in your body yeah. that grows fast. It will devastate you. It will. Fuck it has up your- a. It has a, you know, an, an approach of like, y- you kill everybody along the way. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, we're going to... It's not targeted. It's it's very much a drone strike in a heavily civilian area. There's casualties. <laughs> there is casualties. There's collateral damage. You know, I still... There's a lot of friendly fire. Yeah, there's like, you know, there's a thing called neuropathy, which lasts for about six months where your fingertips and feet are still numb. And my, my fingertips oh. are back, but my feet are still numb. You know, there's little things like that. I can't run. I mean, that's six months of like, you know, masturbation where you can pretend it's someone else. It's just, yeah, I don't mind any of it. I mean, look, I'm back out on the road. I, you know, I, I, you're, um, it's been hard for me to like pick up running again, like right before Uh because I thought I was getting fat because I was bloated because I had cancer and and tumors in my intestine. I was running two, three miles a day. You know, like that's not a lot, but I was doing it a lot and with the dogs and that kind of stuff. And now I can barely, I can, you know, it's, it's hard for me to run, uh, for longer than 15, 20 minutes and I can barely get about a mile and a half in. It's very hard. Like it's like that part is difficult finding my strength again, but it's nothing compared to being dead. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. You'll take it. I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. You know? Uh, but do you run into people like, you know, around the girls? Like, is there other parents and stuff that you do have to worry about that sort of vaccine, vaccine sort of things? Or are you in an area where well, you know, it's kind funny? of on the we, same we, page? We're not friends with any of those people except for Jenny McCarthy. Right. Oh, Cause you know, Jenny We've McCarthy known Jenny I, I for can, a long, long time. And, and, and you like her, right? She's like good a egg. person that you like. You're good egg. Just if she was sitting a, here right now, you'd go, Oh God, I know she, you know, and also, you know, Jenny, like everybody else was just a person who, and I've become like the great Jenny explainer, but I was there, you know, she was basically a single parent. Even when she was married, she had a boy who was really messed up and she, was looking went looking for answers right and she found something she thought was right and she went after it and then she became the target of this thing that she thought maybe i've come up you know what if she was right right you know somebody has to be the whistleblower 
And she became the whistleblower on like maybe not everything we're inoculating our kids with is safe. So, and, and and there are instances, <clears throat> if you look at certain studies where you go, these kids all got inoculated and they all ended up with autism and the numbers are higher since inoculations came around, blah, blah, blah. So it's all math. It might be bad math. Yeah, and it, and, and, look, and it is. And a lot of that stuff has since been discredited. But there was a period of time where right. if you were looking for, in the same way as you're looking, if you want to go on the internet and look for information that climate change isn't happening, despite the fact that most experts in that area believe that climate change is happening, yeah. you can find it. And what about if someday, one day they go, oh, fuck, you know what, there is this one common denominator. But at least she got people to look at it. And then she's become this enormous scapegoat. And I can't, I, all I can say to anybody is if you can't make a decision without Jenny McCarthy's opinion, you're right. fucked anyway. So I mean, go that's... fuck yourself. You know, I, we didn't do it. We, we, we had kids before and after Jenny. I mean, right. before and after Jenny. We didn't then go with the second. We just went, well, I like Jenny a lot. She's fun to hang out with. She's married to Donnie Wahlberg, who's super fucking nice and really funny. I don't give a shit. They can have their own opinions. It's like people who have different political beliefs, but are right. basically good human beings. And she's basically a good human being. Well, so. it's 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 interesting the disparity in like the way that people get because she did become the poster girl for the backlash, I guess. But I yeah. guess maybe because she was the poster girl in the first place for raising it as an issue, because she became the right. But it's not Jenny who's going around rubbing her kids on these kids who've got whooping cough now or measles. Like it's no. not it's not like she's patient zero in this situation. And as you said, if you were really taking life advice, no disrespect to her from Jenny McCarthy then just maybe look for other role models it's like the Rob Schneider thing they were the two ones Rob Schneider and Jenny McCarthy and you're like well what other life decisions are you running by Rob and Jenny <laughs> you know like I mean by like, the way like if it was the like Pope and like Obama or something got together and said here's a couple of things that we've discovered you'd be like okay well these are guys that we should at least you know give them a couple of minutes but you know a hundred percent and I think a hundred percent. By the way, if you and I owned a podcast network, that is the that would be the next show I'd do. Opinions with Rob and Jenny, right. and we just put them together, <laughs> and then we just let people who want to follow. I don't. I don't follow. Just, just throw an issue into the air and see what Rob and Jen think about it. Right. I don't follow anyone's opinions, like like except for like like doctor, like people right. whose lives. Experts. Right. That's who I go to. You know, yeah. when 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 uh, um, when 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 you got cancer, you didn't run, run it by Adam Sandler's best mate. I didn't I didn't get a hold of the copy guy and say the Gregors, Gregors with the cancer. Hey buddy, the cancer meister. <laughs> you know, I didn't run it by Jenny, you know. I just said uh, you know, it you know, um more da- well, this is uh, the only thing I wanted to say on that. There was the other thing is is that Carly Fiorina, who's running for uh, president for the mm-hmm. Republicans, mm-hmm. Uh, went on national television in a debate and talked about the Planned uh, Parenthood video about the baby parts, which yeah. turned out not to be true, of course. Yeah. Um, and she's running for president, mm-hmm. so like, I mean, people say things, they find information on the internet, they have a point of view, and if somebody gives you information that supports the point of view that you already have, because that's what we do most of the time. Uh, like we are so guilty of confirmation bias, myself included, everybody included, every day. What you do is you actually start, we think that we read information and then form our opinions, but that's not actually true. We form our opinions and then we seek out information that, to support that reinforces support that. our opinions. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, I mean, all of those idiots that are running uh, on the right uh, in our country are, uh, an, an embarrassment and and they all speak in tweets 
they all speak in 140 character comments and then everyone takes them seriously because the tweet has become the great leveler, (laughs) even though, you know, uh, there's a whole book being written about the fact that, you know, we, we, we rush so quickly to judgment on 140 words when a person has a lifetime of decisions before and after that moment that they made that tweet that you could actually investigate them on like the girl that made the horrible AIDS joke and was ripped of her job and all that stuff. And then it's the power of something having been written down, right? Because it's one sentence. Right. Like in this podcast, there's thousands of tweets. You, and, and you would say things that if you took a, a sentence from this podcast 100%. and you just put it in 140 characters and you whacked it up on the internet, of course people would be outraged Bet- about things we've said already on this Bet- podcast. Between Tofop and Walking in the Room, we are four of the worst people that have ever lived. Like, I mean, the things can- that you would, could take out of context that you and I, Charlie, anybody have said, anyone on the Fofop, like, you know, that's the point of conversation and nobody blinks an eye. I mean, it's out there for the public. Nobody blinks an eye because it's all in context. Right. But a tweet can be so quickly taken out of context and you know that whole thing that happened with jared leto this the past weekend i didn't say it what happened? so jared leto was listening they had video of him listening to a um taylor swift song from the new record because uh-huh. they're making a record and whoever's producing them said we should listen to this and you know basically because she's fucking huge and see what are they doing what are they doing and so jared leto says something about oh she's pretty good he, he says something nice about her and then he's like i don't know but this and he goes you know what fuck taylor swift fuck this and basically what he's saying is I don't want to be Taylor Swift. He's not my band. Right. I mean, not fuck Taylor Swift, the person, not her, the artist. Then he had to fucking have an apology and apologize to her and to her fans. And it was like, fuck, no, no, don't. Somebody has to go. Hang no, on. the guy you from the rock. What I, you watch the video. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know period. what I mean? Just like, like Scott Weiland's wife coming out going, do not glorify him. He was a shitty dad and a fucking junkie, period. Right. Okay. That's, but that's what it was. Okay. But, you know, I think because people are tired of this, like, w- this sort of false reality created by we all are living in the comfort of thoughts that aren't real and things that have been said that aren't real. And because we all love to fucking scandalize, you know, it's a thing that we all love to do. But it's created a false reality in the world. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean, the witch hunt thing, I, it's funny because you don't like to have victim blame, but comics, I always say this all the time, is comedians have the thinnest skin of all. For people who dish it out, we are notoriously bad at taking it in return. Like, Absolutely. terribly. Like, Absolutely. If I see one more, I, look, I, and I'm a, I've said this a million times on the podcast, I am a huge proponent of freedom of speech and who am I to judge that my speech is any more valuable and my opinions are any more valuable than somebody else's. I mm-hmm. think we should put them all out there and then people can decide in the court of public opinion, you know. Right. Right? That's yeah. fine. I'm fine with that. But if I see one more white, you know, male comedian whining about, you know, someone got mad because they told a rape joke, I'm like, you know what? Okay. But people are going to get mad if you tell rape jokes. Like, I'm, I'm mad at you, the fact that you're whining that you're an idiot. Like, if you're going to say something controversial, then you have to wear whatever response that controversial thing has. Yeah, here, here's like, the, I, don't, mm. I don't have any problem with people disagreeing. I don't have any problem with you standing your ground and saying, no, 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 I think I was making this valid point and this is why I said it and blah, blah, blah. But don't whinge that you said something confronting and people were confronted. He, the, I think what, what happens is the information gets out. Like, for instance, I, I give this example all the time. This is a perfect example. Dave and I used tranny on the podcast early on, and within a, within uh-huh. hours of it airing, somebody wrote and said it's offensive, and it's not cool. And Dave and I both said, I don't. Neither of us is tied to any tranny material. Uh-huh. It's not the word they like. I have no interest in offending people. No, it doesn't mean anything. So tr- tr- transgender, I'm happy to say, and transgender, I've continued to say. So if the information's out there, look, 
you can do this thing. No one's going to stop you. No, the, no one came and yanked our podcast license or my stand-up license. Buyer beware. That's all. Right. Buyer beware. People don't like rape <clears throat> jokes. They make them nervous. If you feel like you have a valid rape joke and you want to do it, do it. But do just it. stand by it and shut your mouth. Right. And if you don't like rape jokes, then don't go see rape joke shows. Like, and support it, comics who don't do that and right. find people who are right for you. And right. I, I understand, right. by don't, the way. Don't, don't, don't pretend to make a decision for me. If you want to inform me, hey, I'm a fan. I listened to this. It made me feel bad. Fair enough. And then you're done and I'm done reading it. And then I'll make a decision based on whether it matters to me. But after that point, there's nothing else to say. You cannot change me. And I probably will resist you. The, the weird thing is you're actually making it, if you, if you go at somebody aggressively, you're making yeah, it worse because then they're going to build a fortress. Well, all of us. All of us need to know that. That's not just about getting feedback. That's like the, the best way to get someone to immediately reinforce their own position is to go at them too hard, to attack them at the start. That's, yep. there is no, that, and nobody knows that more than Dave Anthony. Right. And that's why his, <laughs> the gentleness of Dave's Twitter feed, you know, the way he, he so easily wins his point. But, no, but, but the thing I was going to say about that is the the idea of um, uh, the, the transgender thing, I think, is a really good example. Yeah. Because I, I, we also had – I've had guests on in particular, you know, but even, you know, things that I've said. And we and look, I, I'll get feedback and I, I absolutely what I say, like what you were just saying. If someone says, hey, you said this thing, hey, I know where you come from and I know your point of view about the world, but in, in this episode you said this one thing and I felt like that was – counter to what you blah 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 you know like right it's like oh yeah okay cool thanks like you know right and then i can decide whether a that was a mistake or b that was like i mean one day uh someone got mad because in the middle of a riff uh we were doing a comical riff about like a, a guy driving by a school you know like the whole you know yeah, whole, yeah the and uh I, I can't remember what the context was but there was something about there being an app where you could review that your neighborhood pedophile and I was called <laughs> and I said it's called Yelp Yelp right and they they were like well the victim of that joke is the person who is like being child abuse like and I was like in my head I was I, I get their point here's what I would say about that I kind of get their point but I also think that I still would make that joke again next time because yeah. people know that I'm not like saying that you know it, someone being you know a victim of child abuse is a funny thing but that's a funny riff to me in that moment of that joke i'd still do the joke again but i still i didn't mind hearing the information but the but the 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 because you argue well the context of that joke is the absurdity of modern technology right that there would be an app that you could create an app that you can review anything that anything is worth reviewing and that you would review a pedophile like right the well the, so this was going to bring me to the transgender right, thing was right, is, right. is the idea that our understanding of that world has, like, in the last two, three years, like, there'll be stuff in the first couple of years of, like, TOEFOP, I imagine, that just even three years later, you'd be like, well, I would never say that that way now because... 100%. We've moved on so quickly right. and we've learned so much so quickly. Well, that's that the other thing people don't give you credit for. If you're being held responsible for your entire life and then you're going, so I can't be a human being who... Because in 52 years, I can tell you, we didn't even think there'd be a black quarterback over here. Right. Do you understand that? Yeah. Not a black quarterback. The idea of a black quarterback was absurd. A quarterback in the NFL, a black man running a football team was absurd. And now one runs the country. So something's <laughs> happening over here. Something's happening over here. Right? The right. two biggest contenders for president of the United States and the Democratic Party are an elderly Jewish socialist and a woman. 
So bang on, you know, we're, we're trying, everyone's trying, there are right. good people here. Everyone's trying to, and if you can see the good winning out over the bad, so, but that's a process. I'm certain if I went back and visited, you know, fifth grade me, there's racist and homophobic <sighs> ideas that I didn't understand I was espousing or jokes or like doing an imitation. I'm a gay guy, you know what I mean? That I'd, kind I'd, of stuff. I'd, I'd love to think it was, you know, grade five me and not, you know, five years out of university, man. Fair you know enough. What I mean? like, on, on the way, you know what I mean? Right? Like absolutely on the way every, at every step you, you learn more cause you're open to it and then, and you do become sensitive to it. Um, but I do think we run the risk of trying to, there's a difference between educating and then forcing someone into a position and keeping uh -huh. them there. You know what I mean? And making Daniel Tosh then defend his act or whoever it is, you know, then you just, you're actually creating monsters that way. Right. You know, the Donald Trump, you just keep, we just keep creating the monster. Well, I mean, that's the thing I think that is helping Trump so much yeah. is that we live in this, you know, always looking for a different outrage culture, but it means that none of this stuff sticks anymore. Because the thing about Trump that I just find outrageous is like it's like this is the only thing that i can think like is going on like trump is running for president like a guy who needs to get fired from his job like you know if you were in like a work situation and you couldn't quit because you wouldn't get like the money or whatever yeah and, and so you and your buddy come up with an idea that he's like well just say something really racist in the office and you'll get like uh you know you'll get he'll fire you and that's what we want right so he goes in on day one and he's like oh mexicans are rapists and they're like oh you get a promotion and he's like, well, that didn't work. I wanted to get fired. And then he comes out the next time and he's like, we're going to build a wall. And they're like, you get another promotion. And he's like, how will I get fired from this job? What can I say? Oh, I'll make fun of like a disabled reporter. I'll do an impression, like a cripple impression on national TV. I'm running for president, by the way. Uh, did I mention I want to fuck my daughter? I'm running for president, by the way. Uh, every Muslim should be stopped from coming to this country. We're just going to round up Muslims. I'm running for president. I, <laughs> I cannot get fired from this job. Like, it's like Brewster's Millions. Yeah. It's like there's some secret but, bet but, uh, that he has to, like... But at some point, I think something clicked over, and he went, ah, maybe I'm... Because in his world, the world that is not the world you and I live in, all he's getting back is positive feedback. All he's getting is more and more people. And eventually, more. He's, and eventually he's like, well, they must be right. They you must know? be. Must be right. I must be... If I'm saying this stuff and people keep following me, then I might be right. Positive reinforcement. 100%. You know, you know? And, and I just think he can't get to a point. Like, I don't know now. People will go, well, there'll be one that stops him. What? How can he do anything worse? Like, well, that, that's funny. I, <laughs> someone I, sends, a, I, I someone sends thinking... a mean tweet on the internet and they get handed out of show business. But Donald Trump literally is doing impressions of disabled people and he's leading the polls for president. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's talking about rounding up people of one religion, building a, a giant wall. Like this is crazy stuff, and he's like, and it's going well. The the Huffington Post said we're not going to cover him as a, as a uh, as a um, politician. We'll put him on the entertainment page and we'll cover him as an entertainer. Right, but he's on the front page of your paper every day. Right, like he's not hidden there because he's so, winning the race. And for also president. because you can't help yourself in supporting it because it gets you more clicks. So we're so fucked on this whole thing uh -huh. because our whole business, our our whole a lot of the a lot of how the world works now is people going to find information on the internet and then ads on the internet, and that's how your site, no matter what it is, becomes more popular. Right, 
clicks. And so it's that's all, why I mean everyone yeah. knows about clickbait headlines. You know that right. you won't believe what happened next, or the fact that you can't read a newspaper site now, like particularly on like in Australia on the Murdoch sites and stuff like that. If you just read all the headlines and then had to guess what the stories were, you would never fucking get them right. Because the headlines in newspapers used to have a direct correlation with what the story would be, but now it's the most outrageous thing that the story will never be about. So we just have this tradition of like clicking through to these rubbish stories, and if it's Donald Trump and he said something ridiculous, they know that people are going to click on that. He is the ultimate creation of the generation we have become. I mean, you know, it's... Right, right. He is the monster we created ourselves. I I wonder if because there's still a lot of time before the next election. I wonder if he does have a watershed moment and then everybody wakes up like we, like they were really fucked up at a bar and they took Trump home and now they're like, oh, fuck, he's got to get out of here. Like, I think, I, and I don't know. I don't know because, you know, I was just in, <clears throat> I was just in the South and um, uh, where, you know, there was a girl who I was ta- chatting with and her boyfriend after the show. And then she goes, you know why I moved here from fucking from California. I was like, no, she goes fucking open carry. That's why. And I was like, Oh my God, that's right. Those are real people. Yeah. Oh, I mean the, the, the people, and I then, mean the gun debate in this country, this is the thing that it's so hard as an outsider is that the ordin- normally normal people like you, like you were saying about, you know, you're Jenny McCarthy, right? I have that with guns here all the time. People that I know, and that I like, or audience members at my show who have otherwise agreed and enjoyed you know, everything that I've said, but the sticking point between us is the relationship they have, you know, with their guns, and you know how the you know the way that it's so integral to them as an American and as a person is this right to not only have a gun but to openly carry it on them. Well, here's what I thought. I thought hanging off I, them. I, I thought this last one was going to be was going to make a difference, but it hasn't. But I. I rarely tweet about this stuff, not just because I don't really ever come up with a great thing to say. And I just tweeted, fuck you and fuck your guns and happily unfollow if you agree or don't agree. Happily unfollow. Like, I don't fuck you, fuck your guns and unfollow me. Right. I don't want you in my feed. And I had gun owners like write and say, you know what? I finally fucking agree. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I have a gun and I agree. You know what I mean? And so I thought, oh, maybe we're getting there. And then, you know, it, nothing happens. It's, you know, it's already a different news cycle. And Kylie Jenner wore a thing. So something happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like. Look away, guys. That's another thing, man. That, that's a whole other thing, too. Like Kylie Jenner. Like I was flipping through a magazine. I don't really know who she is. And I was like, I've seen this unremarkable model in like three things. Who is that? And then I'm like, it's fucking Kylie Jenner. I'm like, I'm like, it's she's so a product of like she's she's not an ugly human being by a long shot no but she's also not a she's not stunning no you know she's not breathtaking or even exotic or weird or like there's nothing like creative about her well um but she's a kardashian right she's well a, she's one of yeah, the she's like, a I mean, Jenner she's, kardashian yeah she's yeah. one of the, that yeah and right. that's why so she's she's the equivalent of like a, and i don't know if it happens over here but like in australia what will happen quite a lot is someone will be on a reality tv show like yeah. a, a big brother or something yeah. like that and they'll become a kind of minor celebrity off that and then they'll get some job like hosting breakfast radio or some tv oh show. yeah no like, she's got a massive like she's a i guess so i asked about her and she's like oh no she's a runway she's model a and she has 46 million followers on instagram right. or something like, remember when a million seemed like a lot? I'm a still lot. excited with the 3,000 people that follow me on Instagram. Greg A. Style, by the way, that's my Instagram. Please follow me. That's my favorite of all the mediums. 
Uh, you can uh, follow my my dog Winona on Instagram. She, that's what I've decided to do, although I haven't updated it for a while. Oh, her, yeah. Her, her uh, Instagram is uh, Winnie is coming. Winnie is coming. Oh, I love that's it. That's what it is. So you can see pictures of my dog on the Winnie Instagram. Winnie is coming. I will, I will follow that. I like um, – that's the one I like because it's gentle. I, I, and it's funny and it's interesting and I like people's pictures and I like following I like following people. And I've been uh, – yeah, I guess I – yeah. You're visual though. Like you are a visual person. That's yeah. always been part of like, you know, what you bring to the table. I was going to say this. You look good. Oh, thank I, was, you. I said this to you before, but you look really good. You thank look, you. You look strong, like I like your hair. Your hair looks really cool. Thanks, man. Like, you know, I reckon thank it's you. just like, it feels like, you know what it looks like your hair to me? It looks like, uh, it's like, how do I put this right? It's everything that it used to be. Like it's who you were, but it's kind of also a bit more like who you are now. Thank you. Yeah, right. it's a. It's a. Thank it's, you. You know, it's not like you've got some. You've gone and got some sensible. You know, haircut. You know, post. You know, your life changed or anything. Oh, no. no, it's oh, still no. very much you. Oh yeah, it no. just feels a bit more like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like it looks a little less like one of those guys who would go and see uh, Steel Panther every week. Is like no, 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 no. I'm hanging on to this look. This look has not gone out of fashion. Well, you know, it's funny. Is like I, uh, it just grew back and it's it, it grew back in a different color. Uh-huh. It's darker than my natural color. And then there's a lot of there's there's gray in it in parts where I would have put blonde. And then I was like, oh, I could just don't have to do anything now. And I just shave down the sides every once in a while into a fade and then let it grow back in. It grows back in pretty quick. And uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's sort of like it's a, it's a little bit more like less fuss and muss. And I'm cut at home. I love the girl that cut my hair forever. But Amira just takes a razor to it before I a clippers before I go out of town, just fucking buzzes it. And then I come back. That's yeah, it. it's good. Thank you. It's well, good. I, I feel, feel like pretty that's... good, man. I feel like um, uh, I feel pretty healthy. You know, I've been doing a, I've been going out a lot. Like doing shows and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how's that yeah, been? Yeah, like, yeah, what's yeah. what's it like being you know, getting back into shows? How's the energy been? Like, I, I'm so you know, if you listen to the to the to walk in the room, or if you know anything about me, I, I would quit every four or five weeks. Like, I just was so angry with stand up and my crowd, and I couldn't. This, I'm so grateful that I do stand up. I'm so uh-huh. happy. Like, I when I got sick, I like everything. Sort of, it was like it just sort of shook everything, and then everything fell into the right priority order. And I was like, God, I, I, this is this thing I can do, and I can do it really well, and I can write pretty quickly, and I'm better at this than I give myself credit for. And no, I'm not famous, and yes, there's lots and lots of other co- comics, but I'm still better than most people at this. Like, I've been doing it for a long time, and I, and I like what I do, and I should just really appreciate it. You know, I should really, like, just appreciate it. So I've been having a blast. I just love it. I, the second shows, I get kind of winded. You know, and I put a lot into it, and I uh, I have a pretty much a new hour or an hour that has not ever been recorded, and um and I do only that, and I never slip back and do like I won't I even if like I can think of a second show Friday night and in um, they just weren't buying it, and I was like, well, I don't care, I'm not going back, I'm not gonna do Pictionary, I'm not gonna go back and do it, I'm not gonna try, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna not try, but I'm doing this material. Yeah, I'm trying with this. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I see there's a lot of girls in the room. I'm not gonna mention the book. We're done. We've talked right. about it. It's ten years down the line. I'm gonna stick with the stuff that I really am enjoying doing, and um, a lot of it is new and absurd and weird. And then some of it's about my daughter, so there's family stuff in it, whatever. And Angelo, I talk about a lot, and I just like you know, um, I'm gonna just stay with it, and it's been great. Like it because the people that come up afterwards that are old fans are like, I really, yeah, good man, you know. So. I I think I have a lot more appreciation for everything because I'm still here. Right. You know, 
And I think I didn't appreciate it enough. I think I was expecting too much from it. I was expecting it to give me something as opposed to like, well, why don't you, why don't you give something? Right. Yeah. And, but also in giving something, I think that you, and it's what, what you were talking about with your material is the idea of like, that you've got to start thinking of it again as like that it's a process. You know, we were talking before about, you know, the, the vinyl, you know, getting the vinyl yeah. out and going through the process. Yeah. Like when you're working on a new show, you're, that's the process. Right, so you can actually enjoy the process, even if the audience you know, isn't as into the process. You can go, "Hey, I'm working on this hour yeah. to make it work in front of audiences like this." So tonight, I'm going to do it, like yeah, regardless of whether you're into it, because I'm going to learn something about because this is the process of me putting together this hour and putting yeah. together this show. Yeah, there's nothing to learn about Pictionary for you. Like, I mean, you know, if you go to back to nothing. Pictionary, nothing. unless you specifically like, you know what, I'm going to go back and do my Pictionary bit, and I am going to not do any beat that I know works in that. I'm just going to retell that story in a completely different and way. That and that happens. And that happens. And sometimes only so because you don't remember how you did it because it's so old. You're like, right. I don't remember how this goes. So I guess I'll just try and remember it as it was a story. And I, and I only ever do stuff if someone in the crowd will go like Cadbury egg and you go, okay, I will rule we'll revisit that in a minute. I'm happy to do that. Cause I'm, it happens so rarely that it's such a treat to get yeah. asked, but, uh, I'm like, oh fuck. Yes. How, fuck. How long yes. have you stuck with me? Shit. You get your owed that. And thank you. Uh, but I also like the, like, you know, the risk in like, um, in doing it. And you know, when I went to Australia last, I had written an entirely fictional show because I was so stuck for mining my own reality and maybe just a little tired of it that um, I just was like, fuck, I, I don't know. I, and I got it. I was just, I hadn't, I was dry. And so I wrote this entire thing that I really liked and I enjoyed and I thought it was really clever and fun, but it may have done me in, in Australia. <laughs> Because I didn't get asked back to the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, and it's the first time in a long time. So, uh, I, you know, but I'm grateful that I took that trip. I'm grateful I did that too, because then I started playing music this year. Like, there was a part of me, the show I did was about two years that I didn't spend in Japan, that I pretended I spent in Japan as a rockabilly star and a, and a cosmetics icon who got thrown out of the country by Hirohito, who was around when the story takes place. So I liked how weird and creative it was, but I think people were like, well, you're normally someone who we go to because your stories are real because why talk like that? And then, and uh, this is throwing me. So I think then it made me go, well, you actually do play guitar. So why don't you go, why do you make, why don't you just, if you want to go out and play guitar, why don't you just go play guitar? Right. So I started doing shows without my band there's, because- There's places where you can just do that. Yeah. And also- <laughs> And, I, and there was another thing I was like, you know what? I wasn't a good enough guitar player to do that a couple of years ago. But when I got sick and when I was in Australia also, I played a lot by myself. So I just started taking a drummer out with me. And it's just the two of us. We go out white stripe style. Right. And it's the fucking best. And then it's genuine and it's real. And I talk about music and I talk about my love of it. And it's a whole other experience. I call it Greg Barron and his flying white falcon. And I do that. And then there's that. But... But just revisiting my stand-up organically and going, you still have a lot to talk about. And I don't even talk about, everyone's going, oh, but you do a lot of big cancer chunk. I'm like, yeah. I only bring it up like briefly. I don't, I don't really want to, I didn't. Well, I mean, but the other thing is, you don't have to now. Like, right. I mean, it it's, it's a story. It's a thing that's happened to you now in your life. Yeah. Whenever you want to. And the very nature of it, like, okay. I, I mean, obviously I've never had cancer or right. anything like that. I... A couple of years ago, I had like a, I, I did DMT and I had this one particular DMT experience that really like kind of 
blew my mind about what I thought about, you know, life and the universe and all those sort of things. And I kind of wanted to reflect it in a show. Right. In the next year's show, all these things that I kind of felt like I had learned. But at the same time, I didn't want to go, hey, so I took DMT and here's a story about that. And so actually, literally, there was no mention of that at all in the show, but it was through everything that I did because you have changed regardless of what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, I mean, the fact that you had cancer and you went through that, you know, even if you're talking about, you know, pants or whatever, the context of that has changed forever because you have changed forever. So, you know, it it goes through all that anyway, whenever you want to talk about it or if you do or don't want to talk about it or, you know, if you like, if you want to talk about the idea that you're not talking about it, you know, I mean, you're allowed to make whatever choices you want around that. That is true. And And at whatever timetable you want. Yeah, exactly. And I sometimes I'll take, like, I bring it up in the show at the end, usually, twice towards the end, right before I do my last bit, usually just to say, I had a shit year and I'm really thankful that you're here. Mm. And, you know, this is basically what happened. And I have a few jokes about getting cancer in Australia and all that, how it's better because it sounds better coming from an Australian. And, uh, and, uh, uh, in fact, I was almost going to have you record. At one point, I was going to have you record. Just say the word cancer. Cancer. Yeah. So there it goes <laughs> up at the end. Cancer. It just sounds. Cancer. It just yeah. It just goes up. It's just so much better than cancer. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but it it um uh there were some funny stories along the way, and I'll eventually figure out how to put them in. But I also don't want to be like you know um I don't want people to. F- feel like they you know there's sometimes you go i don't i'm not trying to manipulate you you know i only want to tell this story if there's a really good story to tell with it right and also the other thing is once you lock yourself into that is like you know maybe it's too close for you to relive that every night like when you're out there trying to have joy and be back on the road and stuff like that i I wrote a a show many many years ago that was about a relationship breakdown only because the relationship breakdown had happened in the period of time where i had to write the show and it was the only thing that i was yeah and I did that show for the shortest run of any show that I've ever done because there was just a point where I didn't want to be going on stage every night and reliving, you know, this thing yeah, that I right. actually also didn't need to relive every night. I was like, you know, living my life in a different way then and to go back to that every night and kind of have to put yourself in that mindset and in that mind frame and like be there in those moments again. You're like, you know what? I actually have to go through it all. I don't know if I have to relive it every night on stage, like, you know, for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because your your act will tell you what it likes. Like you know, like when I yeah, get into the fury so of the fury of going to a Starbucks with Angelo, every time it's new for me, and every time when he orders something kids temp, and I just fucking get furious. Hang on, what what does kids he do? Temp? He ordered a drink kids temp, which is kids temperature, which is the temperature Shut that a child. Up. And my whole thing is fuck Shut him. Up. Yeah, yeah, that's and not a temp. It's a no. kids temp. That's why it's called kids temp. Kids like temp it's for kids. It's He's fucking 30. And I go, but it's it's indicative of his generation because what he's asked for is the way a beverage will talk. Take, the way a beverage will be 15 fucking minutes after. So just wait. Why can't you wait? Why can't people wait anymore for but anything? But also, coffee isn't hot. It's a but it, like it's co- a hot beverage, right? But it's but it's not even hot anymore. Like you used to be able to get hot coffee, but you can't even actually really get. I don't understand like, that. It's normal a, hot coffee worried about isn't litigation. hot. They're worried about anymore. Right. Plus, fancier coffee, like you can burn the milk. So, like, I mean, if you, so either use. But the point is, you don't I need t- kids temp. Kids temp is that's wrong. That's warm milk. It's just fucked. It, it, and it's it, warm milk. Well, not for him. It's it's war, it's a he orders a mente quad shot peppermint mocha soy latte. So fuck him. Shut up. I don't even. Know I hate what that him is. and his generation. I hate that's all of them. That's too many things. So I, and it, and it, and I <laughs> but I talk about it's too and it's just it's 
I go, look, if you're a man yeah. and you have to order a drink that's the size yeah, of a baby and tastes like a season, fine. I know. I know. Just it. don't know the name so well. Just put a fuck in there. Just go, can I have that fucking peppermint thing with the, with the shit on it? Like, act like you have one ball. You know what? It's kind <laughs> of like, I, there's part of me that's like, well, at least he's found something that he specifically likes. But at the same time, I'm like, nah, fuck that shit. You don't know what you like. That's- I liked when I was in Australia. Like, I wasn't, like, I felt like, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a, the biggest Australia fan there is. And I, I just, like, the strong flat white was a revelation. Right. And then you go, you know, they're trying to make that at Starbucks now. Yes. You know, they're trying. <laughs> they're trying. Because they know, because Australia's, like, if you're, fo- if you're following coffee, it, right now Australia's yeah. got the ball. Like, they really, if you go to Australia and you have coffee there, like, they really fucking ran with it. And it's, and strong flat white is just, that's, and you have one and you're fucking set for at least half a day. It's, It'll cost you twice as much for half as much. Uh, like, you know, that, that's what Americans will freak out about. Because what we've decided in Australia when it comes to coffee is going for uh, quality rather than quantity. No, it's... It, Whereas it, you guys it, have gone, no, I want a bucket for a dollar. Yeah, well, that's okay. why we, that we like everything in a, in a bucket for a dollar. We love everything in a bucket for a dollar. That has been, that's been our dream, for everything in a bucket for a dollar. You can have this really good thing over here or you can get it as an inferior thing in a bucket for a dollar. The great thing is you can, in America, it's like you can have too much. We can kill this for you. Do you want me to kill yeah. this for you? Here it comes in a bucket and then yeah so the strong flat white was the because i like i like a, a, a dairy in my drink um and i i just was like oh this and it takes a minute it the flavor is it tastes different it's uh-huh. a different flavor than the way coffee served over here right so it takes you like a moment but then you crave it and then you also don't need as much yes so they're not playing the game of let's get them addicted where starbucks is like you see like fucking angelo and me to a certain degree sometimes you see that fucking mermaid and you're like i'm in i'm going in but you have one in your hand fuck <laughs> i do fuck i already had one i couldn't feel it, it again. My, my fingers my fingers are still a little numb at the well, maybe tips. i should just go in and get a pastry or something <laughs> just, it needs my money it wants my money and i need something from there <laughs> but i also say my i talk about this mac in a in a horrible Anne rand kind of way uh-huh. it's made coffee better across the board because without Starbucks being the sure. without Starbucks almost being the bottom of the barrel. Yes, you know what I mean. I agree. Um, every place, including McDonald's, had to, to get better. Intelligentsia, yeah. they make Intelligentsia is the super high end coffee here. Y- y- they've made it work at it. You know what I mean? They like that thing where it's okay. Okay, so now coffee's better and it's everywhere, and that's not a bad thing. You d- and you don't because you don't have to go to Starbucks to get it. Starbucks failed in Australia, right? Flat right. out. Right. Yeah, it's the only place yeah. in the world where it failed. It did better in China, where people are mostly lactose intolerant. Of course it did. That's amazing. Like people were lining up in China to go to Starbucks so that they could shit themselves all day. Yeah. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> is, I just read... What did I just read? I just read a Hemsworth interview. I didn't realize which, how which many Hemsworth? people... Uh, Chris. Chris. How, how many people came from that show that Charlie's on? Home and Away. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, Heath Ledger. Yeah. And, I mean, a bunch of female actresses yeah. like, who've gone through yeah. there. And, big yeah. stars. Big American, the big American stars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the big American, Australian American stars. Most of them were in Home and Away or Neighbors back in the day. When I watch an American television show or film, I can tell you within five minutes if it's an Australian because it's a person who actually seems like a man. Right. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> When you have a cop that's so fucking just like should be like from Boston, nine out of 10 times he's from fucking Sydney. Right. Like it's just, you know, I watch, uh, I watch uh, the uh, blind spot 
Uh-huh. And that dude, and a lot of, and Sull- also every Sull- one of them was Sullivan, somehow. Sullivan Stapleton. Yep. It's everybody was in the kingdom. Uh, Sully's a mate of mine, actually. I, I've known him for yeah, yeah, for like fifteen years. So is he a good guy? Good, oh, great guy. But also, uh, here's an interesting thing about Sully. Like, always been a really good actor, um, but like was one of those guys that only in the last five years. Like, I read this article like where they were saying he was the most requested pe- person for auditions in pilot season this year. Like, you know, he was obviously hot and he'd done a couple of things that you know got him to there. Right. But like five, six years ago. You know, at least from the outside perspective, you were like, ah, I hope Sully gets a shot at some stage. You know, he's never quite got, you know, that shot that he deserves. And then suddenly you're like, oh, you're a superstar now. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, no, I know. Well deserved. I'm waiting for Charlie. Yeah. I'm waiting for, look, I I followed him on my Instagram and holy shit, that's why I'm trying to. Have you seen, did you follow his body? That's what I'm saying. So he was doing this like a challenge, which I think they've revealed the details of now, but I won't go into too much details in case it hasn't all been revealed, but it was like a, a challenge for a specific thing. Um, and he was very dedicated to it. And, yeah. oh man, I could never do it. I just don't like, I'm, but, but he looked amazing. I'm, I was like, like he looked like my, a G.I. Joe. No, he's my fucking hero. He's my like, I'm like, okay, I want to, 2016, I'm going to go, I, I'm not all the way to Charlie Town, but I'm right. I was like, that really is impressive because I thought he looked fine before. Like, if you thought Charlie know, looked yeah, fine yeah. before, and he and he did. He did. By the way, yeah. I'm not a. I, I, Here's the thing that I would say, and maybe I'm completely wrong in saying this, but I think it's easier to go from what Charlie was to what Charlie is now than it's easier for either of us to go to what Charlie was before. Oh fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, is that correct? Yeah, right? That's so accurate. That's so accurate. Yeah. And I don't know if I have the medal for it, but I uh, but I was impressed by it. I really was. And I was like, you know, if he wants to come over here and play ball with his Australian mates right. in that way, that is part of the deal. I mean, you know, you, you, one of those hem- you get a Hemsworth to take your shirt off, you know, and you're like, holy shit, that's part of the kit. You know, oh, yeah, that's yeah. part of the kit in that in that field of kind of actor. Oh, in absolutely. That kind of guy. I mean, you part know, of it's they're paying you to keep fit right i mean nobody there aren't that many of the ben mendelson types who can come over and just look like you fucking literally just pulled them out of a dumpster whether you did or not but you know what i mean like ben I mendelson mean, but there is a possibility that they did <laughs> but, <laughs> ben, yeah ben mendelson had has had a colorful uh yeah, color, yeah, yeah, a colorful yeah. life yeah his reputation isn't as good as charlie's yeah no no but as a person yeah his wrinkles uh you know they yeah. all they all have history yeah, every, yeah, every yeah. wrinkle on that face you know came with the story attached yeah. to it for ben mendelson but he's fun to watch man uh, mate, he's a great actor always has been he's compelling really compelling like even in that um did you watch bloodlines of course i did uh he, which i thought was great and even though his accent in that show is like you know what like a lot of the time australian actors and i think ben's a great actor and probably can do a great but that accent is not that's a fucking that's like uh johnny depp doing keith richards in pirates of the fucking caribbean like in that it's just it's it's how that guy talks it's not he's not trying to do some specific kind no. of he just he's like this is how it's more important that you get this character fully realized than me you know, fussing over getting a couple of words sounding quite right. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's more about yes. the, the vibe of it than the yeah. specific. I don't yeah. know. Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense. No, it makes 100% sense. Right. There, you're right. It's not, you can't tie it to a regional accent. No. He's not playing by any set of rules that are right. right. You, yeah. But at the same you, time. You certainly look like he must have done some travel in those years he was away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's picked up a <laughs> right, but 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 there are human beings who are characters, right. like let's say the dude that sings for Rancid, where you're like, whatever this affectation is you picked up and kept for your entire life. I don't know where you think you're from, but it's fine. But it's not it's not Northern California. I can tell right. you that. But it's also not London. But it's very much all those places in between. So Do you know Josh Thomas, is, the Australian uh, comedian Josh Thomas? He no. has that show, Please Like Me. It's really, it's, it's, uh-uh. he's very fabulous. Well, if you ever hear him talk, he's from Brisbane and never has a man sounded less from Brisbane than Josh Thomas does anyway. Yeah. That's like, I mean, you know, sometimes people just speak in an unusual way. And yeah, but Mendelssohn, like, you know, he's compelling. He's compelling. compelling. Yeah, like, that I thing think. that he's got going with Ryan Reynolds, the Mississippi grind, I think it's called, where the two of them are... Are degenerate gamblers. Oh, yeah, okay. That looks pretty good. Yeah. I mean, right. he's going to get those roles a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one's going to make him the fun dad. No. <laughs> no. I don't think. I don't see him as the fun dad, although that would be kind of fun for him to play. Like if they right. remade Harry and the Hendersons and made him the dad. Yes. Right? Yeah, that, yeah I would like... Uh, so I'm looking at your poster over there. Uh-huh. You've got, a, you've got a, 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 a point break poster, yes. which is, you know... How do you... Drawn by James Fosdyke, who does all the internet art. He did that as as part of a special collection. It's fantastic. So we were talking this weekend about... Because um, uh, what's coming out? Um, Point Break? The new Point Break? Well, the new Point Break. I didn't... We were all like... I didn't realize who they'd cast. I was against it 100%. I'm like, how do you... you, How do you replace Patrick? You can't... Just don't mess with the sways. Don't do Ghost. Just leave his legacy alone. Yeah. But then they said Ronda Rousey. And I go, well... Now you're making a whole different movie. Right. So I might be down with it uh, if the, she's any the, good. The uh, the Keanu Reeves character in that is an Australian actor as well, speaking of Australian actors. Right. And then who's that? Oh, uh, is it? No, he's, no, he's, a, he's, a, he's a kid who looks like he could be a Hemsworth, but he's not a Hemsworth. Really? Yeah. He's just like Hemsworth adjacent. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's Hemsworth-ish. Well, like, if, can you get us a Hemsworth type? We've got one. We've right. got heaps. Right. And what's the one that the, what's the other one that they just remade? The other 70s classic that they've just remade and released and it has Australian actors in it as well. I don't know. What is it? It's like Point Break, but it's not Point Break. Um I'll have to think of it. Okay. All right. Uh we, we were going to talk about Patreon. We'll you know start to wind up. Uh, yeah. So uh I, this might be the first time people are hearing about it. Uh, it may not be the first time that you're hearing about it, but uh Tofop and when when I say Tofop because like basically what we have now in our Tofop universe is that um Charlie and I have Tofop and then uh I have a separate podcast now Fofop which is yeah. this one. Uh and then I have philosophy and Charlie has that's awesome, right? So that's our universe. But it's all under TOEFOP. So basically we've got a TOEFOP Patreon page, but it's kind of for all. For the for for essentially what you're I mean, are it's the TOEFOP network. Right. It's yeah, for our TOEFOP. yeah. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it is the TOEFOP network of stars. <laughs> yeah. And I think I you ought to consider that. Right. It's our yeah, so our little TOEFOP network. So we've started a Patreon page and you you were saying before that you hadn't you weren't across Patreon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, just, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I, I saw somebody say. Somebody said. I saw in a tweet someone said something about it, and so I was, and I'm not. I'm starting seeing the name around, so I'm wondering what it is. I think you would like it. Um, so I, I support a couple of things on Patreon, which is how I first got interested in it. There's yeah. a, a podcast that I love called Are You Dude, 
Uh, and they had oh a, yeah I know yeah dude yeah and they had a, a Patreon page mm-hmm. and so I became a supporter of that and basically it's kind of like a Kickstarter but it's on, ongoing I guess you know like it's not like you're hey I'm you know want to raise money for this specific purpose you're like you you put some goals and stuff there and people can go along and they can donate say one dollar a month like you know you sign up and it comes out of your PayPal or whatever it does or, you know like so one dollar a month you know for the podcast or it could be four dollars a month or it could be twenty dollars a month and there's different like rewards that we put it you put in at different levels so you know people might you know uh at, at we did a transcript of our hundredth show because we had a stenographer on stage with us so we've printed it into a book and james did art for the front and the back and there's photos and whatever so we had like a hundred copies of that for the twenty dollar reward level so you're basically giving twenty dollars a month to support the podcast but basically what it just means that is without advertising or you know anything that we have that's financial and rather than saying to people hey you know hey could you buy a t-shirt hey could you you know this if people go oh well you know i like the podcast and i'm happy to give a dollar a month or two dollars a month and we can kind of look at that and go Oh, great. Like if we got like, – the kind of baseline I reckon is like if we manage to get 10000 a month, we could get – we could start working on some of the things we've wanted to do for a few years. Which are? We want to do the podcast regularly, like for a start. Like, yeah. and Because Charlie and I are never in the same place. We need some better equipment. And, yeah. we, and we probably need someone who's going to edit it because the thing I hear about sp- Skype podcasts and stuff is that your timing can be really out and, you know, you have to get the two things mixed together. So right. we, to be able to do that and to kind of do it weekly, yeah, you know, do wherever it. we are, we yeah. just need some better equipment and yeah. we need like probably somebody that we, is going to help us, you know, when we need the help and those sort of things. Yeah. And then, you know, broaden it out a bit more. You know, we want to do some other podcasts and we want to like be able to travel a bit more with it and doing some live shows and just kind of, I don't know, like just – you know, offer some more, like, you know, just kind of see where it can go because we love doing it so much. And because we've done all this, you know, for five years, you know, for nothing at our own cost, like, which we're happy to do. And the thing we love about Patreon is it, it it's not us putting a price on any of our old episodes. Like, you know, they're not locked up. If you come to the podcast today and you want to listen to it for free, you can listen to all 500 episodes we've done of the podcast all for free and you will be able to hopefully listen to them all for free, ad free, you know, ongoing. This is only if people want to contribute, you know. There's no compulsory nature to it. People can just, you know, go, no, fuck that shit, you know, which is fair enough too. Like, I mean, I'm fine with that as well. But it gives us, what it basically says is we can look at, it's. I guess it's like a budget, you know. We can look at it and go, hey, they've asked us to go to LA Podfest you know, in the past, it's cost us, a, you know, a couple of thousand dollars each to make that happen because we have to get our own flights over and have blah, blah, blah. We could look at it and go, well, you know, people have supported us this much so we can afford to buy tickets and, go, you know, go and do the podfest or whatever. Yeah. So it gives you a bit of planning money rather than going, we're going to podfest and then hope we sell enough T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. I get that. You know, that's so funny. That's No, that's, it's, it's really interesting. And it's because- basically just people saying, we want you to produce stuff. Like, I mean, that's why it's called Patreon. You're becoming a patron of this podcast. You yeah. know, you support it to a certain extent and hopefully that money is then used to, you know, provide you with more of what you like. I think that's a really good idea. I like that idea a lot because I do, I found like sometimes people will, especially like with the monarchs, you know, I looked at our, I looked the other day at, at, at like we, we put our, back, our catalog up for $11 and I know people that already have the records bought them digitally they or they bought they already had the catalog and they did it again because they just want to give money but then there's all and or like the christmas single which is name your own price where people will pay 25 dollars for one song 
So there is that thing where there are those people that are like, look, I want to keep supporting that. I want this to go away. I like the monarchs. I want it to keep going. And, you know, I keep saying it's a lot and it's hard to tour and we can't do it the way rather bands do. We can always record and we'll keep recording. We just are about finished with another EP. Um, there's only so much instrumental music you can make also, but <laughs> there really is. There truly is. There truly is. We've done it. We've made, we've made this, this record we've made sounds like a bow wow wow record without a singer. It's very African. It's very funky. It's completely different than anything we've done before. And it may just be it. And then right. we might just do shows occasionally. And I'm going to start playing and singing songs with like actually singing with my drummer buddy. Um, but, but the support that people want to give, like, if, I think that's a great option because there are people that want those things to happen. And it does, you do need with something like this. Now you have a network and also, and I, and this is no offense to Dave or to the all things comedy crew. Cause they're all good people, but I wished we'd stayed independent. I liked us being on our own. I liked us not doing ads. I liked the, the thing of like, we're our own thing. And I think people get excited about that. Cause then it's their thing. Uh-huh. They actually, your fans are supporting it. They're, they're the, they're the advertisers. They're the ones that are saying, no, 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 just keep this thing pure. I will pay to keep it pure and me and no ads. And you don't have to join a network. And I think you're great. And that, that gives you some pride in it. You know what I mean? Like that the, they, the, they feel that way. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we're going to try to do with all the offers and stuff. So like, yeah, for example, during the comedy festival, when we do our big show, it always sells out really quickly. So yeah. one of the reward levels is literally, um, you know, first to know about the live shows. Right. You know, so if you support yeah. at this level, whenever we're doing a live show, you'll be like the, you know, one of the first people to know about it. And I think that that's, Anyway, anyway, that, that's enough of a plug for that. But that's what the no, it's good, man. I, I'm I'm going to do it just uh, for groceries. Yeah, um, guys, what? like I love food, and I think I think I want to eat. So if you want to help me out, no, but I think you know I have I will be starting two podcasts. So I uh, got asked to be on a podcast with a guy named Bob Forrest, who was the lead singer of Thelonious Monster, and also the co-host of um, Celebrity Rehab. He's a former old punk rocker that I love that's around from here that was his best friend, like came up in the same era as Jane's Addiction and Chili Peppers. And there's a movie about him called um, um, Bob and the Monster. It's a great documentary. And he and I are doing a parenting podcast because he has a 28-year-old son and a five-year-old son, and it's called Just Keep Him Alive. And uh, What a great idea. Yeah, yeah. And so it's going to be about everything because he, you know, he's a musician who wanted to be a right. comedian and vice versa. And then, um, and then I'm going to do a once a month live, I'm going to call it a pod concert. Um, it's called Greg Barron and his Flying White Falcon, and it'll be a music and style podcast. And I'll come out, open with a song, talk about where I'm at, and then sit down and do two interviews one about music, one about style, personal style, all comedic style, like not just fashion, but like just how did you arrive at you? I'm fascinated with you. How did you become you? You will obviously be a guest. Uh, and then I close it out with a song that will be a part of an album, and we'll do a new song every month, and then. Danny and I will go record the album. Very punk rock, very loud. I love it. Way scrappier than the Monarchs. Way you're gonna really find out what kind of musician I am without Mike. You know what I, <laughs> but, but you know what I love about this, and this is the thing about you were talking before about uh, combining things, trying to combine the things, taking the guitar or whatever into the stand-up world, right? Which, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with doing that either. No, but. What I discovered recently, I did this uh, run of political shows in Australia because I can't write Australian politics material anymore um, because I want like half of the year I tour the show in places that aren't Australia. There's no point in me writing that material for my touring show. Right. It's just problematic. 
so I don't do it. Right. But there were so many things that I wanted to talk about. I did these shows that were all Australian politics, like 90-minute shows, like a night, me just talking exclusively about Australian politics, which is something I've never been able to do. But also, they weren't my mainstream touring show. We did them in a smaller venue to a crowd of people who already kind of, you know, believe half the things that I was going to say. Yeah. And what that means is you can actually just honour that and do that the way it should be done yes because if i had tried to do that out like uh, people said to me afterwards because some, for some people it was their favorite show they said you should take that to the opera house and i said no because to take it to the opera house i'd have to change it like the, the way that we did it made made it good yes and it gave me the freedom because i knew that it was mostly people on yes. side because i didn't have to be rational in my arguments necessarily yeah. i could just be passionate or you know loose or whatever it wanted to be yeah you yeah. know that's that's actually and giving yourself those things where you're like, well, I'm just going to have this thing as be as creative as I want it to be. Right. Here's a here, right. Exactly. Here's my stand up. It, it's for everybody. It's meant right. to be for everybody. It's big. It's broad. It, there's a lot of shouting and faces and act outs, and it's a little thing that I love to do. And I don't want to mess it up by then suddenly losing you. Right. On a riff about fuck even the Clash, which to me seems should be a universal, and then I do a show that's like specifically about you know exactly what I like and exactly what I want to talk about, and the room doesn't even hold 80, and we're going to just talk and have fun, and that's going to be a thing, and that's available. And then I get that out in a way that, like, you know, it, it's there, satisfied, done, you know. And people can really enjoy that. Like, I mean, I was talking to Shane Moss. Do you know Shane Moss, I know the comedian? Shane. I like Shane. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, good guy and a really funny comedian too. Mm -hmm. And he's been doing this show about psychedelics. Like, and so he wrote this specific thing. And a lot of it like, were things he tried to talk about in the clubs, but he ended up writing just this psychedelic show and he kind of tours it around to these small venues. And the audiences are full of people who, you know, have done psychedelics and stuff and want to hear about some guy. But again, he gets to talk about that in the way that he wants to talk about it. That right. audience... Like, for, you know, I, I said to him, I said, you could be the Grateful Dead of stand-up. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, literally, th there is a big audience. You look at the Grateful Dead audience. There's a lot of people who took right. mush mushrooms and acid and thought they saw God who would love to go and see someone talking about that, you know? Yeah, right. Like, because you can actually talk about it. Not in the way that someone would tell a story about taking mushrooms, you know, at the improv on a Friday night where you're telling it to a bunch of whole people who've never taken mushrooms in their life. This is a story where you can actually talk to an audience who are there. And I think that we sometimes... By tr trying to make everything fit into every world, you can almost mess it up a bit. Well, that's, I think that would be the, that with the, I am the king sweater was that same thing of like, it needed to build slow. It needed to build small. Yeah. It was very specific. I mean, the one review I got, the guy goes, it was good. But if you like, if you're a fan of obscure Japanese surf music, go. Right. Well, now that invites no one. <laughs> That invites no one. Like people are like, I don't even know what that sentence means. And, and, <laughs> and while he was being complimentary right he was also saying it's for no one right <laughs> i mean yeah. you know and then there are people who go look i've watched i just watched you on the gala talk about your girls where's that show right. what's that what's that thing that you because i don't know you well enough to go right. i want to be your niche interest and the people that know me well enough go i want you to talk about your niche interest i want you to be then to be the walking in the room guy yeah you know? well, well the problem is that you did all your press appearances as face no more and then when people got to the concert it was mr bungle like it's not <laughs> it's it's not like it was something that they wouldn't enjoy it's just wasn't what they were expecting <laughs> yes you know it was like yes no look yeah i i agree i i completely agree uh, so yeah but so uh, yeah but i think that you, basically what you did was you did a side project at, on main street you know what i mean like that's the thing that show work would work so much better as like 
Greg's doing this little theatre yeah, outside the festival. Small. He's coming out, he's playing this small theatre run. He's doing this like interesting show that he only plays in blah, blah, blah clubs right. or whatever. Like that's, no. you it, know. Literally that show works when it was, like I did it once at Largo. Like it works when in the little teeny room. It's like it works when I'm sitting in your lap. Yeah. It works when I can actually reach out and grab your face and walk around the thing and sit around and, and, and have fun with it. And I added Jake Johansson as a director and he came out and started talking during it. We turned it into this more improvised thing. But I had this story to get back to and... It just became this whole other thing, and I'm like, I didn't even. That wasn't. It wasn't ready, really. It wasn't ready to go. Um, so my apologies to your country, uh, to the to the uh, Melbourne International Comedy Festival, who had to carry me to the airport with my cancer. Uh, you know, but uh, but thank you. <laughs> and I and I'm gonna have to start over to work my way back there, but I'll I'll get back eventually. Uh, so uh, before we go, um, yeah. uh, I do. I, I like this idea that we've, you know, just kind of stumbled into here at the end. It's a bit serious, but I quite, I quite like the idea of it, which is that idea of that something being just for the, you're allowed to, I mean, I, I guess I've been thinking about it with the, with the podcast. A thing that you used to bother me a lot and still probably bothers me enough that I'm bringing it up now, yeah. even though in the context I'm putting it out there is like, this doesn't bother me anymore. Well, if it really truly didn't bother you anymore, you wouldn't even mention it now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Which is that uh, more people listen to Willosophy, my other podcast, mm -hmm. uh, almost double the amount of people listen to that podcast that listen to Tofop, Fofop, any of the podcasts. I, um, I, I, I found that out really quickly yeah. when I did it. It was phenomenal. The, my response, I'm still getting responses for that. Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, it, for whatever reason, people really enjoy it. And, yeah. a, lot, and a lot of people who don't... But I always, it made me resent the podcast. Like yeah. I was angry at that podcast yeah. because it was more popular than Tofop, Fofop. These are the ones that are actually, I mean, this is more fun for me and this is more indicative of who I am, you know, that we can have a serious conversation, but also a really stupid conversation. Yeah. That is actually much more me. Yeah. And when you realize that a whole group of people don't really like the you, the you, you, they want this other version of you. It was insulting to me for a while. I was like, why don't you like the fully realized me? Why do you just like it, you know, this version of me? But then, of course, like the realization that a while hopefully I'm trying to come to is that, that that's fine. Like I loved, I, I, loved, what I, think I loved Sonic Highways, you know, the, yeah. it, I just reminded when you were talking about yeah. the, the yeah. song at the end. Yeah. Right. Sonic Highways, the, the Foo Fighters documentary series, was one of the best documentary, rock documentary series, like, you know, and travel document, what, whatever the fuck it was, I loved it. But here's what I didn't love, that Foo Fighters album or particularly any of those songs. That's right. fine. Right. I can love that series and not love the song at the end. Uh, it's fine. If they put it back on, I'm right there. Right. And I didn't love the song either. I didn't like the words part. I just felt like they were rushed songs yeah. that, 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 that fell too easily into f formats they already had. And he's not doing it that way this time. Right. He's going to put together a whole different band and write a whole original thing. The... But what I would say to you is, because I've been on both and because I've listened to both, what Willosophy gives you for sure that you don't know you'll get from Tofop is a something, a takeaway for you. So if I listen to Willosophy, I'm hoping, and I think most people listen to it, I want, a, what, I want some philosophy. I want a piece of information that's going to make me, like a self-help book, I want to hear somebody say something that makes me go, Yes. Yeah. I think people go to that, A, because you're great and you're a good host and you're interested and you're smart and you know how to ask people questions and they and they want to get something to walk away from and go, I feel better about myself now. Oh my God, that's the way I feel about race. 
That's the way I feel about, you know, uh, Muslims being in my country. That's the way I feel about my relationship with God. That's how I feel. That is a, um, a more, that's more about the listener than the host. You, you know, Marin is funny, fine, but almost everybody goes, well, I usually skip that first part because I want to, they want something from the podcast. That doesn't mean that they're not willing to go see Mark's thing, but they, I wanted to hear Elvis Costello say, for me, it's about being in, like keeping the idiot in my guitar playing. So I never learned how to play well enough. So I'd always have that inner link Ray. Now those, that little paragraph right there is life changing for me. Cause I'm like, that's how I approach it. I've never heard anybody say that. That's why I went to that Marin. Cause I wanted something for myself. So philosophy, the response that I got to mine was like, you know, the cancer, the thing, you, oh my God, you know, that made me feel so good. And that's not what my podcast is either, or my stand-up. But I think people, that's it. That's the only difference. I don't think it's you. I think it's what, it's for them. It's personal. Right. So, and I guess that brings me to my broader point, which is that it's okay. And like, yeah. But, but it's very hard. Like, it's very, you realize how much of it, like, you know, ego that you have without you even understanding that you have an ego because that's how it's demonstrated to me i would like to think that i'm not a person who carries my ego into a room or into a situation of like you know being demanding about things but the moments i'm very much aware of my ego are those moments yeah, where yeah like, of course where i'm like fuck you you can't like and then i'm like hang on they just enjoy one thing you do more than they enjoy another thing that you do right what if they it doesn't enjoy it doesn't it. mean but and it also it doesn't mean what does it matter you still are doing both. Like, <laughs> Somebody said to me, you were doing both anyway. Somebody said to me one day when I said that about that. Have you stopped doing TOEFOP? No, I do it more often than I do philosophy. Somebody, <laughs> somebody said that to me one day about the book. They were like, same exact thing. Well, some people like that more than they like the thing. And yeah. the guy goes, by the way, you wrote the book. Right. <laughs> that is also you. And right. you know, 15, you know, this weekend, three people brought their books. They want them signed. And they came there to hear probably something about the book and they didn't hear a fucking thing about the book and they still wanted it signed and they still like my stand-up and one girl goes i wish you'd talked about the book and i said i didn't because it's 10 years old but i'll talk to you about it now and i'm very appreciative of it and and it's still bringing people to my shows right you know they might further discover you and then later on jump on board or go back and go you know but when you listen to tofop and when you listen to walking room you can see why some people go oh my god no thank you <laughs> Did, are they talking about coming? <laughs> yep. They opened with that. Yes. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Why is Will going to fuck a guy? Because Charlie's going to fuck a guy also. They picked a guy? Yeah. yeah. How much... Do, is it? Does Batman... Is it always Batman? It's always... Yeah. It's a lot of Batman. I, I don't know if there's going to be as much Batman in the future because I feel like uh, Batfleck... Because when they first announced that Ben Affleck was going to be Batman, yeah. I, I said this on the record. I have no problem with it. They've made the Batman movies that I love, the Christopher Nolan movies. So they're, not, they're not making this new movie and taping it over the top of yeah. like the Dark Knight Rises. Like, right. like Literally, those movies will exist forever and yes. they're on TNT every second day. Yeah. Like Shawshank Redemption is only on every third day now because yeah. <laughs> of right. the Dark Knight movies. Like yeah. This is, you know. Yeah. Um, so... But this movie, this Batman versus Superman movie, yeah. I said at the time, the, the problem is that I don't trust Zack Snyder. I think that he is terrible. And I thought the first movie was absolutely terrible. And every time they release something from this new movie, it, 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 I said the other day, I said, it's making me not like Batman. That's, wow, that's incredible. That's how bad it looks to me is that I'm, I don't like Batman. 
What is Zack Snyder does the X Men, right? No, what did he do? He did the Three Hundred. Was one he did oh, right. that? He's oh, visual. Yeah. He's, he's like I mean, I think he does. He's a very visual, spectacularly visual director. I don't yeah. think that he has any grasp on like story. <laughs> I saw, story or I saw a guy go. Store. The fact that Batman doesn't grab him and just fly him into the fucking sun makes me not want to go to the movie because that's all he has to do. Grab. I mean, Superman. All Superman right. has to do is grab him by the chest and fly him into the sun, and that game is over. I mean, all, <laughs> it's like, oh you know, all Superman has to do is do anything that Superman can do. Reverse time. I mean, I love, I love Batman. Don't get me wrong, but he's a fucking billionaire in a fucking bat suit. Yeah. Do you watch? Like, there's no. I mean, I watched the first series and I, it puts me off a lot. Gotham does it. See, I'm, I'm fascinated. I, I, I got hooked because I, I'm, not, I, I, I was a. Tell me what you like I mean, about it. What do you like about it? Uh, that my expectations of it were so low mm. and not like I, I I had the same thing about it. I was like, I don't want to watch a Batman series that doesn't have Batman in it. Mm-hmm. What I liked about it was it it's so committed to what it is. It's the art direction is half seven, half LA confidential. Mm-hmm. You know, at the beginning he was pretty much just aping Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. I think that kid's a fine actor. I think some of the performances are really good. I think it's you know, it's like any comic book riff where you go, okay. It's like Jack White stealing a blues song. It's like this is how we're going to play our Batman riff. This is how we play our beginning. You know, there. They can- I'm I'm fine with that. The thing that really lost me, I think, was I was just like, you know what? Not everyone has to be in it. Like you know that thing of like every single character that's ever going to be in like Batman. You know, the Batman we know. Yeah, is already there as like a teenager, and you're like, you know what? I don't need to have seen everybody. I don't need to know who the Riddler and the Penguin and Catwoman and all these people are. I think like I think you're right. I think they could have. Bruce Wayne's still six. You know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. really. Well, here, here, my only problem with it, I, I agree with that a little bit. I, I they could have just had the Penguin. I'd be fine with that. Right. The Penguin origin story is great, and, and that, a bunch and that, of and, and a bunch of other guy, criminals. That guy is great. Yeah, he's good. I, I agree with that. So they do a little bit of like shoehorning. I. I do as much as I like that little boy. He does not grow up to be Batman. Not a chance. Not that little boy. Not that boy. No, he goes. He grows up to be yeah American Psycho, Christian Bale and American Psycho. That's what I say. Yeah, he's crazy. Like or, I mean, he's not or or what real not, or, or, not Christian Bale as Batman. Christian Bale in American Psycho or Hugh Jackman on Broadway. Like he oh, grows up to yeah, be. Okay. He grows up to be very. He just seems anyway. I love Alfred. All right. So I love you, the, you, I, you think he's going a bit more musical theater, that kid? Is that what you're bit. saying? Yeah. Oh, okay. A little bit. Interesting. I thought he really strikes but, me but, as future serial But I killer. like the girl that plays Cat, cat Girl so, yeah, so cat, much. Cat Girl, I guess that's what she is, right? Right, Cat Woman. Yeah, young Cat Woman. I like her so much. <laughs> I find her so compelling yeah. that I, you know, so there's, there's plus and minuses, but I find it. But again, why? I mean, again, and I know this is their universe and their take. Yeah. But it just like that's I have a problem with that. I'm like, well, why is he surprised when he meets her as an adult, when he literally grew up with this woman? Like, <laughs> right, right. Well, they just they. they I look, mean, I know it's their take. Yeah, it's their take. But it's not real. Like some of it's very much in the the mist that we know about Batman. You know, right. like you know, we're telling the story before you know where you guys think you know yeah. about, and then some of it's like you know we're taking things that you know about that story, and they're like, well, just none of that can completely because he's not going to be surprised when he meets well, Catwoman but, when he literally has had a, like he had his first erection thinking about her. Well, but and here's the, but and here's and here's how and this is exactly why it's that. When anyone makes a TV pilot, mm. they promise the network they can figure it out, yeah. but they don't know. 
Now, if I if I pitched you a film called Gotham, we right. could absolutely tailor it to what you're talking about, where we uh-huh. just barely keep the penguin in it, and that's all we need. Yep. When I pitch you what is essentially a 22 episode, 22 hour a year procedural uh-huh. with Batman things that Batman people will like since I don't get fucking Batman in here. How are they going to come see me? And like, oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll figure it out. And then along the way, they're like, uh, Firefly, Firefly. Okay. Right. So she's, oh, uh, Edward is, put him, make him, he works for the cops. Edward does the Enigma. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy. And he kills his girlfriend. She's like, they, they just are, you know, uh, uh, one last thing. So, so if you watch Amazon, they're gone now, but they do a thing every year. They make six pilots and then you vote on them. Oh right? yeah. Okay. Yep. So there were two pilots this year that were two of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Period. Oh, okay. One of them was called Patriot about a, um, um, about a knock operative. You know what a knock operative is? No. It's a non, uh, it's a non, um, uh, you're a spy, but the government doesn't claim you a non NOC non. Anyway, so you okay. work for the CIA, but the government and you do work for them. Right. But you get caught. But, they don't fucking know you. Yeah. They're called knock ops. Right. It's about a guy that's a knock op. I, I, it's the best pilot I've ever seen. I can't even explain it. It's so weird. It's written by Steve Conrad, who wrote Walter Mitty, but he wrote, wrote um, uh, The Weatherman with Nicolas Cage, which uh-huh. is one of Nicolas Cage's best movies ever. He's a great writer. Anyway, and then Heiston, which is about a guy who's going crazy, a young boy who's going crazy, who imagines that he gets help from celebrities. And then the celebrities are in the show and it's made by the people that made middle of a sunshine. So it looks exactly like an independent film and the star and the celebrities in this one where they're deciding whether to put him into an institution or not. And he's willing to go are Shaq and flea. It's fucking the best thing I've ever seen. And then that's the no- a really good idea. And then the sure. one about the knock op is about a guy who is a knock op. Who's also going crazy, who can't help, but write play folk songs and, and then tell everyone what he's doing through the folk songs. And he, I can't even, I can't even explain it. It's so weird and so good. Like I'm not, I'm wrecking it now. If you get a chance, Patriot. So my Amira may have a meeting to work on it, and the guy has zero idea what's going to happen next. So that's how those things go. It's like here's Gotham. We figured out Gotham, and then some shit will happen. And we got Ben McKenzie from the OC right. and Donald Logue, and those guys come to play. I give the commitment of the acting and the art direction and the the way they put it together. I hats off to everybody it will never win an award and yet there's amazing performances in it i think yeah i, I agree with that and I look I, and i probably will get through the second series at some stage but i, I must admit when it comes to your comic book world i've enjoyed this because there's so many things now like and there is there is so many comic book things oh, yeah like you know i i like jessica jones oh my on god netflix i couldn't I, I, I did it in two days right oh yeah i don't it, that's the great thing about going on the road i mean mine was yeah within 24 hours oh my god like, right yeah. you couldn't how could you not? i mean i did sleep in the middle but literally from when i started to when i and finished, you wake up was, thinking about it yeah you're like oh my god i gotta i gotta yeah. and then and then you're like oh fuck it's and now it's, it's done oh no <sighs> And you have to wait so long. Yeah, it's just she's like she's so good. Yeah, she's really good. Well, I've said this before on the podcast, but I'll say it again. It's like somebody made a comic book movie about my girlfriend. <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait a minute. So let me just this, let me just sit on. So your girlfriend is a failed superhero who became a sleazy, did alcoholic, uh, uh, did, um, private eye. I mean, look, there's there's some characteristics to this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so good! It's so good. It's, it's yeah, such. It's a, really I, good. I, I I I was okay on Daredevil. I didn't. I wasn't crazy about it. it. It lacked a little bit of humor, 
But Jessica Jones is the opposite. It's got you know, all that wry, marvelous humor that was essentially invented by Robert Downey Jr. And then, yeah. Yeah, it's it, it definitely, there's much more humor to it. I love Daredevil, but Daredevil's like my favorite of... Uh, Daredevil's their, your favorite? Of their characters, yes. Because, but did you like that series? Because I also like Batman. So the, the, the Daredevil, you know, is just Batman from the DC, you know, uh, from the... Right. Yeah, the right. Marvel Universe. Right. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, that's right, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I... But did you did you love the series? Yeah, I did. I loved it. I'm have to take another stab at it. I, I got about halfway through it. It was too bloody for me and not funny. Yeah, enough. well, it is very bloody. And also, I like, I like the, the costumes. I like. If the, you're not going to be a person who wears a costume like Jessica, oh, fair enough. He's, but he's going to get in a costume at some stage. It's just like sometimes, like what you like as the comic book fan is like you know, there's the moment when they get in the costume is a big moment. Yeah. You don't want to spend that. Too and early, I will say the know? thing I loved about Jessica Jones is three episodes until they invite until they invite in the second lead of the show. Yeah, it's, but that's the sort of thing you can do on Netflix when you know that people are going to watch it like that, as opposed to right. the idea of yeah. like doing a regular Go- series. Gotham would have been interesting on Netflix. Yeah, because they they wouldn't have had ever everyone. No, they wouldn't have had an answer three. to anybody. Right. They, they, let me tell you something. Edward Enigma. Ed Ed Enigma is a uh, is a network note. Right. He's oh, a network no note. <laughs> Get him in there. We need the Marvel Universe in there if you're not going to fucking put Batman in here. We're goddamn commercial television. I don't want your play. I don't want to see a fucking six-hour play about a baby Batman and his conflicted fucking cop friend. Uh, the best. All right, Greg, uh, where can people uh, find you? Uh, Whatever. Always always at Gregory Barrett uh, Twitter. And then um, uh, that's it. Just go to at Gregory Barrett Twitter because that takes you everywhere. You know, my tour dates are up there. You can bounce to my website, which is thekingsweater.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page that's, you know, just also, again, I, everything I put up on the social media, except for Greg A. Style, which is my Instagram, is for touring. So you're not going to get a huge amount of laughs over it at Greg Barrett, but I'll talk back to you. Right, and and podcast coming up in the new year. Podcast so. coming up in the new year, so it'll be uh, hopefully a podcast called "And uh, Just Keep Him Alive," uh, which is loosely based around parenting. And then Greg Barron and his flying white falcon, which I might do a Patreon thing now. I've got an idea, so I figure out how to put it all together because right. it's a live show, and I can pay the guests. And- sort of thing that people want to support. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, the other thing about the Patreon, where it can be much like the Kickstarter, is you can just offer a level that's like, and you get a ticket to the show, or you get a recording of the thing, or you get a yeah, special yeah, yeah, right. amount of blah, blah, blah. You yeah, know, you'll get people... the record when it comes out, should you want, right? You know, or whatever, whatever it is. But it's, it's just like, if you like the things that I like, it's perfect. And if you don't, then you know, there's plenty of other stuff yeah, for you to check that's out. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, gee, we've grown. See, look at right. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's right. We learned. We learned a little bit today. <sighs> I feel like we both had cancer. I think we, <laughs> that way. That's not how it's supposed uh, to. No, hang on. That's, that's not, that's, that's that's not that's supposed that's to feel. So <laughs> that's so dark. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, uh, thank you very much. All my dates, as usual. Uh, look, I'm going to be in Hong Kong in January. That's probably the one that I should mention. Hong Kong in January. Never been before. So come out and see those shows. That'd be cool. And then, yeah, the Fire at Wheel tour is on sale. Uh, oh, April seven. If you're in Sydney, keep it uh, free. I'm only doing one night of the show in Sydney. Uh, normally, I'll do a bunch of shows, but unfortunately, just because of the way the tour works and my year next year works with the election and a few other things is uh, April the 7th. I'll be at the Sydney Opera House. It is not on sale yet, but if you want to see this show and you want to see it in Sydney in the concert hall at the Opera House, it'll be on April 7th, so keep that date free. Uh, all right, uh, thanks, Greg. We'll talk to you again soon. Mm-hmm.